The following program is paid for by the advertiser and does not reflect the opinions of the host, guests, or callers. Hi friends, this is the doorbell. I'm Gogo and I'm here with my partners Dave Winky Winker and Big Lou Losada. This is David Winker. I'm an attorney. Been practicing in South Florida since 1998. I'm also licensed as a real estate broker and I'm the broker for Integrated Realty. Hey guys, I'm Lou Losada. I'm one of the principals here. I'm a former ad creative, current photographer, shoot all our listings, and I'm one of the realtors here at Earthla also. If you want to reach our show anytime, give us a call, 305-539-3857. Dave, you have a little story for us? Yes, I want to talk about Littlefoot. Oh, boy. You guys know what Bigfoot is? Yes. <laughs> the the monster truck? Yes. Based out of North Carolina? Well, I had a truck that everyone called Littlefoot. <laughs> okay. Littlefoot was a 1992 Ford Explorer. It was the first year that Ford Explorer came out. The little two-door no, it was a four-door. It was a four-door. Two-color scheme. It was like this royal blue and a silver. Just ugly as could be. Four, uh, four-wheel drive. Metallic aqua blue. Exactly. A metallic aqua blue. You got it. So for it looked like a little Ford Bronco too, Like exactly. a little, but extended. Because it had four doors. And for so, the listeners, we'll be posting up a picture of that truck on the Facebook page <laughs> No, we on. won't. That photo will make a vomit. <laughs> I bought that truck in 1992, new. And the truck met a demise. And I, I have a reason for telling this story, but the, the demise of the truck was uh, I had gotten, had the truck, you know, for whatever, whatever what that had been 20 years. And I uh, had many incidents with it driving around town. It was kind of my weekend truck. And everyone knew it was a very, even you know, dis- distinctive right. looking truck at the time, towing boats around, doing whatever. I'd be at the boat ramp, pulling the boat out. There'd be a guy in another two tone metallic. You know, I'd, I'd have guys put the fist out the window, giving me the the right. the, the, the hey, solidarity. The, 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 you got that piece of junk. We still both running. own a four by four piece of junk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I ran that thing for the longest. Well, was time. it a four to what? Explorer. And I uh, one day I was driving down to Key Largo on the Turnpike, and it was late at night, and I look at my rearview mirror. And a guy, I'm in the right-hand lane because, of course, Littlefoot would only go 60 miles an hour. Right. I'm in the right. I'm solid in the right-hand lane. I see behind me headlights, and the guy's passing me on the shoulder. Wow. And I'm like, wow, well, what's going on? Boom. Next thing I know, I'm spinning. The guy hits me hard. I spin out. I end up next to, you know how when you go down that ditch there, you run mm-hmm. up next to the house? I was mm-hmm. up in someone's chain link fence. Hmm. I'm there with my wife. I'm literally grabbing my wife, like making sure that we're all in one piece. Wow. The truck is stalled out. I look and I see a truck coming down the hill. My first thought is they're finishing off the job. Like they're coming down to get me. (laughs) Out walks this 25-year-old professional-looking lady. And she's like, what happened? And I'm like, what happened? You ran me off the road. She's like, what do we do? And I was like, well, let's let's see if we can get my truck out of here. And God bless Littlefoot. I crank it up. It starts right up. I put it in four-wheel drive. I pull out. I get to the top. 
We exchange insurance information. I get home to the keys. Wake up the next morning. I'm a little sore. Everything's fine. Truck's a mess. And I get a phone call. It's the girl. Turns out she's uh, was driving home after an event. She's like, I think you saved my life. I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, I- I'm pretty sure I fell asleep on the wheel with the cruise control on. Mm. And she's like, if I had gone full speed into one of those houses, who knows what would have happened. But it was very interesting. That's not the point of the story. The point of the story is, great, I got in this accident. Littlefoot needs some work. The insurance adjuster comes out. What do you guys think the insurance adjuster says? Total loss. Total loss. Here's a check for $5,000. And he said it with like a smile on his face, right? You know, and I'm like, well, no, I don't want the $5,000. I want my truck fixed. <laughs> I want Littlefoot. And I'm like, well, can you give me the money and I keep Littlefoot? And it's like, you know, I, I, you know I'm an attorney. I didn't know how that worked. Like, that's it. You're done. Like, once you take that I money, gotta destroy, I, I got to destroy, destroy the truck. Like, it's not like you can go to an auction and buy it. The truck is total and it is gone. That was it. And I, you guys know me. I'm not a very materialistic guy. Anyone who sees me, how I dress, whatever. Like, I'm not into that stuff. But I was attached to the truck. To I, use I, the Eagles, one of the great bands of all time, go on, take your money and run. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, I lost my weekend truck, you know. And I, I think of the many reasons I was mostly attached to it. It was probably the first new car I bought. It was, had a lot of good times in it. It was my weekend car, you know, blah, 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 and, and, and all that. But the point of the story is emotional attachment to property. Uh-huh. We've had some incidences lately where we've seen clients uh, as purchasers and sellers running into yeah definitely th- this issue dealing with their emotional attachment to their property right sellers having second thoughts yeah. not going through so this is a typical mo and it's not a critique of anyone in particular but a lot of sellers think that their house is the most unique thing since sliced bread it's the world's favorite house. No one, you know, is, no one has a house just like them. Which, which you can't fault them. They've raised a beautiful exactly. family. They've in had it. some they amazing memories. They've made it a beautiful home. And the bottom line is that, of course, there is a lot of emotional attachment, especially when it comes time to close and move to maybe something better, or because they're downsizing, or because they're getting like. I and said, it's interesting because we nice see it. Check. We see this. The flip side is on the buyer's side. You know, I, I often tell buyers like, listen, the the this never happens. But the, the, the optimum situation is you see three, you find three places that you're interested in, and then we can go to work and we can negotiate. Buyers tend to look for that one perfect house. Of course. Once they find that one perfect house, you don't have a lot of negotiating power when that's the one house that you found after three months of looking. Right. You have to have choices. Because if you only have one that you like, then you don't really even have any negotiating or bargaining power. Whereas if you find three or four in the same price range, although you may have one favorite, at the very least, you know you focus on that one. But then you have you and it's interesting because when you're when you're representing renters, it's a little easier because they know it's not a long term thing. When it's a buyer, it's like, hey, you know, I'm raising my kids in this house. This is the one that fits the bill. Right. So we run into that. Any strategies we've come up with, guys, on... I know on sellers, one of the effective tools is comparables. I've actually taken sellers to other properties. I've actually shown them, like, listen, I understand this house is great. Let me show you a couple other great houses. And this one's less than yours. And it's not to beat them up on the price at all. We're gonna we're obviously here to maximize the return, and, you know, and that's what we do. But it also shows them... This is what an, an, uh, an outside observer is going to be looking at. They're going to be comp- they're going to be looking at yours plus these two down the street, and I think it's good for sellers. And you know they're sometimes surprised that like I'm taking them to see another property, but 
but I think it's helpful, you know, helpful for them to get a perspective. If you have a story or a question about an emotional attachment to property affecting a sale or buy or a rental, please give us a call at 305-539-3857 or email us at podcast at com. <laughs> also, if you have an old car story that you're emotionally attached to, we'd love to hear from you. Guys, I'm going to take us a little off topic. We're going to talk about avocado toast. Avocado toast? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> go for it, Dave. Go, go. Have you eaten avocado toast? Never. Lou, have you eaten avocado toast? I have not. But and I've eaten a lot of things. Kids. I did not know it was popular with the kids. The reason I know about avocado toast was there was an article the other day um, that caused a firestorm because it was an Australian billionaire. Is this real estate related, Dave? Or? <laughs> well, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> and he wrote an article saying that the reason that millennials were not purchasing property and getting ahead financially was because of avocado toast. $12 avocado toast for breakfast. $5 lattes. Is this part of the Sunday brunch that they do every week? I guess every day, apparently, according to him. So it caused a firestorm because, of course, people were calculating That's a how many... breakfast plus tip, definitely. Yeah, exactly. But people were calculating, okay, like how many, how many avocado toast and latte breakfasts would you have to forego to afford your first house? And it kind of... I, I, I personally found it very interesting because, as you guys know, we're not seeing millennials purchase property at the same levels um, there's a delay there's a pent-up market uh, right now because Millennials are not getting into the market they're staying home with mom and dad they're traveling the world you know and I, I think we're also seeing on the rentals the the you know the the they're they're choosing to rent a $1,700 place on Brickle instead of purchasing a studio in Little Havana for a hundred thousand dollars it's a decision that they're making um, I get it on some level because I think the job stability um, may not be there. Um, you're entering into a long-term uh, commitment, a 40-year mortgage. One of the things that I've seen, Dave, is, and you're absolutely right in that sense, is that a lot of people that are, you know, have us look for a rental in the Gables for fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars, don't realize that they can actually buy a place and pay fifteen, sixteen hundred dollars a month and own, which in the long run is actually going to be something better for them. You know, friends. Buying, selling, and renting a property sometimes can actually be a pretty complicated process and stressful. So it's really important to be affiliated with a group of people that know what they're doing, are on the ball, and have the wherewithal to help in different facets of the buying, selling, and rental process. So if you ever have a question, if you need help, or if you'd just like to know what your property is worth, give the doorbell cast a call, 305-539-3857. We're here to help. So, Gogo, we were talking earlier about interesting elevator stories. And I'm going to start. <laughs> I, I, I have a story. I was, uh, for those who haven't met me, I'm a, I'm a very gringo-looking guy. And I, I happen to speak Spanish. And I was on an elevator on Brickle, no um, and two younger uh, Hispanic females got on. Okay. And I hear them talking, and they say in Spanish, Por ejemplo, este, este, much, 
este, este hombre no es guapo, pero huele muy rico. And for those of speak Spanish, it's like, this guy's not very good looking. But look, like, look, for example, he, he smells, smells really nice. good. Okay. And of course, I blurt out in Spanish, like, yo, you know, yo hablo español, yo entiendo. <laughs> and the girls were like screaming. <laughs> what? Uh, and we laughed. By the time we got the elevator, you know, the 50 story elevator ride, they You're were all stuck friends. with me. We're all oh friends. My God. But it was, you know, it was interesting. So we all have good elevator stories. And you were telling us a story earlier. Well, look, you guys have asked me to come up with a topic since yesterday. I've been racking my brain and I keep coming <laughs> up. With the same elevator story, I'm showing a couple renters a place in the Grove. It's a four-story building. And, of course, we happen to find the elevator. It's tiny, Dave. It's like a linen <laughs> closet. You know, I'm 6'3", six, 6'3 three, six, three and a half. You know, I'm a big guy now. And I go get in. The couple and I barely fit in the elevator. We probably exceed the weight capacity. <laughs> we press the button. It takes a few seconds. You can hear the motor just... Straining itself. <laughs> the cables are the maxed cable. up. You hear the hamsters. <laughs> the cables are making like their little cable noises. The individual strands are snapping. We ding, make it to ding, the fourth ding. floor and it, it, there's a little bit of a lip between the elevator height. It doesn't quite make it to the floor. We get there. I mean, it was a great experience showing, but otherwise the elevator ride was just classic. You guys have asked me to come up with a great realtor story. And I keep thinking about that one. And the other one, when you come into a building... And it's hot as heck, and you're, like, so relieved that the lobby AC is on. And then you get in the elevator, Dave, and the air in the elevator is, like, totally... It's like you're hitting a human sauna. There's no fan. There's it's no like AC. It's, it's 2017, and we can't have air conditioning in the elevator. It's 2017, and you're getting into a 1954 elevator, and you're like, oh, you're time my traveling God. As you well, travel you know, it's interesting is I've heard someone say, I, I wish I could credit who it was that told me, the thing about the elevators, it's kind of like, you guys heard the expression, if you want to know how well run a restaurant is, look at the restroom. Or how, how, clean, how, do, yeah. how do they clean it, right? How yeah. the, the attention to detail goes into the restroom. They're taking the time to clean the restroom. And I've heard the same thing about the elevator. That if you okay. want to see how well maintained a building is, look at the elevator. Dave, that's, point. that's a great point because I used to own in a building here in the Gables where the elevator was a disaster, routinely breaking down. And finally, to bring it around, back around to assessments, as I was as I was selling the apartment and moving out, before I moved to San Diego for a bit, there was a $5,000 assessment on all the tenants. To deal with the yeah. elevator. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If you have a funny elevator story, give us a call, 305-539-3857. We'd love to hear from you. Or podcast at com. Feel free to email us with whatever questions and comments you have. For Dave Winky Winker, Lulo Sara, I'm Gogo. Thanks for joining us at the doorbell. We'll talk to you soon. Hiring of a lawyer and the creation of an attorney-client relationship is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. The views expressed herein are intended for informational purposes only and are not intended to be, nor should they be interpreted as, legal advice or legal opinion. 
The listener should not consider this information to be an invitation to an attorney-client relationship and should always seek the legal advice of counsel in the appropriate jurisdiction. A written legal representation agreement specific to the individual client is required before any relationship is formed with Zampano, Patricius, and Winker.